Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, She-Hulk. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the second episode of She-Hulk. So if you haven't seen it on Disney+, Plus, check it out right now. But pick it up where we left off. Jennifer Walters is in the courtroom. She's dealing with the fallout of Titania. Still mispronouncing that horribly. Uh, Titania. Titania. But... She immediately gets fired this episode, picks up a new job, ends up meeting Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. the Abomination, and representing him, despite the fact that he tore it up in Harlem with her cousin. And by the end of the episode, we have tied into uh, the uh, movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ted Rings. Said that terribly as well. Hell yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, And uh, as a little bit of a side note, we also meet Jen's family this episode. Now... I know we were a little mixed about Half this. Half of Perfect Strangers. We've got a Perfect Stranger. We, we got a Perfect do. Stranger yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. Perfect Stranger. We got Cousin Larry. Cousin Larry is here. I'm doing oh, great. Some joy right now. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. you saved it. That uh, I don't uh, know what accent you I mean, did there, but that was... Let me throw out here. There's a recent post um, by Cousin Larry um, with it was matching the original Perfect Strangers like promo shot. Right. Are you right. thinking we're going to get a Bronson Pinchot in this season? Oh, or? come on, <laughs> man. Don't put that out there. Don't I put that out are. there. I contest. We are. You think they're going to go to Beepos? <laughs> Beepos is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I believe Ooh. that's isn't in um, Age of Ultron. That's the land they raise up and then drops. Uh, no, that was Quicksilver dies in Beepos. <laughs> next door to Sokovia. And it, it, some of the fallout hit it. Uh, Balky's entire family was killed, but Balky's Oh, survived. come on, man. Don't, don't the say me, that about The Mipos Accords still haunt the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. That's right. <laughs> so let's get this out of the way. We were uh, mixed about the last episode. Pete was very positive. I think, Justin, you were in the middle slash negative, and I was pretty negative as well, though there were parts that we definitely all agreed on. Yeah. Now that we're into the second episode, where's everybody's head at? How are you feeling? Pete, I'm sure you're still like McDonald's, loving it. I'm having a great time. Thank you. Uh, further oh. elaboration on our critical yeah. podcast? Well, I, figured, I thought we were going down the line. Like, just no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about what you liked about this episode. I mean, Otherwise, first you're going to burst at the seams. If I've learned anything over the past 15 years of us doing podcasts, no matter how long it takes, you're going to rattle out absolutely everything that you liked about it. So let's do that at the beginning. Go. Oh, go wow. That's weird. Uh, it's uh, it's weird when I get what I'm trying to do and I don't have to fight you for Does it. Does it work better if it's all pent up over the course of the 15 minutes while Justin and I talk about a bunch of nonsense? 
Uh, Sorry, just let me know you. when you want me to interrupt you, Pete. Like, <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds, 45 uh, seconds. If we can stretch that, yeah, you can give yeah. me the more and time. to be clear, better. this is a pre-planned bit where we break the fourth wall, similar to how She-Hulk does it. Okay, so first off, it was like they listened to our first step. I mean, we got the watercolors again, hitting us hard with that. We got to find out what's going on with the rocket ship. I, we're getting answers. We're putting stuff together. I love it. And, of course, the creepy guy who was uh, in the you know the man behind the lawsuit uh where she got fired hires her back and it seems like an evil corporation because of the way he casually fires people i i'm i love the phone call that she has with hulk uh i i thought this was just a great kind of like, all right, here we go. This is going to be the rhythm of the show. Her what do you think the Sicarian um, cell phone plan is that he was on uh, when oh. he called her? Well, first off, it, it, if, there was if, a dropped if, call. There was a dropped call. Hey, if Deadpool can start his own uh, phone company, I would take banners over uh, uh, Deadpool. Wow. So uh, I think Sorry, it's just like, to translate, Pete, he's talking about Ryan Reynolds having a cell phone company called Mint, I believe. Is that yeah, what Mint called? Mobile. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just trying to translate what you mean when you say Deadpool has a cell phone plan. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't it took I thought, me a but, second as well. But okay, hundred well, percent. Yeah, I do think just to interrupt really quick here. My theory now is that we're going to see Hulk pop up in some way in Secret Invasion. Like, I don't think this has to do with the Grandmaster at all. I think no. this is Nick Fury in space sending out a call for Hulk and getting some help from him. Really, see him pop up there. That theory. Theory. I like I that know. theory because I agree with you. I think this is the That's last a- we'll see of Hulk in, in She-Hulk. Um, and uh, off he goes into another series. What made movie. you think that? Because on the last uh, one, we were all on the same page of like, uh, uh, we think it's a scar type thing. Of the I don't know. There was something about like the casualness of Bruce on that ship. It didn't feel like he was being taken by a quote unquote villain like Grandmaster. Yeah, I didn't see Liam like- Neeson anywhere. Jeff Goldblum? No, taken. The word taken. Sorry, Pete's what's called (laughs) on one right now, so he's going to be saying nonsense, and I will slowly walk it back into reality. Uh, He seemed Um, to be pretty casual. He was along for the ride. He's making a phone call. Yeah. Um, There you go. Oh, I'll throw out actually one other theory just based on the show. We could also see him go on that Sakaran courier ship and then show up in one of like the last two episodes in the World War Hulk outfit. And he's uh, like, don't tease me. Don't, I've been don't, through some shit. You know, and that's the joke. Yeah. It's like he was on this whole other adventure while She-Hulk was doing her She-Hulk stuff, potentially. That's fun. Um, yeah. I, and the, to my take on the episode, I feel like it's a little bit more fun. I thought there were some some better jokes in this episode, and I thought we were... Hey, all like, right! The joke of, of Bruce on. being like, I was a completely different guy back then. Because he was uh, not, he was played the by better Hulk, the better. Uh, wow. oh, come yeah. on, dude, Edward Norton. Come on, number one, uh, played by Edward Norton Ooh, in that movie. Number two, Eric Bana. Number three. Whoa! <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> Every is, time Eric uh, eats a banana. Look, <laughs> Alex. If Pete's gonna good. be, if Pete's gonna be off the the yeah. ranch here with his talk, you can't go. Also. Yeah, you I can't. can't I can't be the center. You can't be flipping us Justin off. Can. Uh, we'll save yeah. that for our Patreon podcast, Marvel Vision Off the Ranch. Well, yeah. I hope ranch. for one of the uh, post credits though that we do get to hear all seven haikus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All seven? So have you, you ever heard more than? Better. Have That's you ever heard more than Justin. two haikus back to back? Because it's too many. 
One haiku. It's whoa, a so- whoa, hey, hey, come on. Don't- you want to pick your haikus out of your haiku bag with chopsticks because you don't want to have like nine of them in your mouth at the same time. But I just want to say, Alex, real quick. Um, I do think, I still think this show should take more time. It mm-hmm. feels like everything's feeling a little rushed. The scene with the family, I was like, she came in and they all just screamed at her in succession. It felt so very let's intense. Let's talk about the scene with the family for a second because I do think this is getting to my issue with the show this early on in these first two episodes. And I'll I'll frame it up because Pete's crossing his arms right now. I do think exactly like you're saying, Justin, there's more of the premise here, which I wanted from the first episode. It does feel like these two episodes get together, get a little closer to being a pilot for the show because you do have that set up there of she loses her job. She's now working at a law firm that she feels morally weird about. We get a case set up here. So it does feel like, again, you're getting a little more of that pilot. The family stuff, in essence, I liked the idea of she comes, she meets her family. She's a superhero now. And they're doing exactly what families do. We're like, oh, my friend, his neighbor is really into superheroes. You should go on a date with him. Like all yeah. of that stuff felt yeah. to me like it was getting towards something, but there was too much happening at the same time. Some of the jokes weren't as precise and it was really driven home with me where Larry Appleton was in on the bit as well, where he's like, what happens to Hawkeye's arrows? Do the, oh, does he just yeah. leave them there? Which is fine and funny, but he's he's doing the bit with everybody else in the family. And then yeah. in the middle of him doing the bit is like, Jen, let's go downstairs. And he's like, but seriously, how are you doing? Well, that's his like, father. What, that, what are you having that a problem com- with? My, I'm having a problem with it comedically, Pete. Well, is that he's got, he can't there's be just no consistency. A, it felt like they skipped a step there in terms of the character. Pete, yeah, calm yeah. down. You didn't work on this show. All right. Well, yeah. first off, You're very personally first affected. Off, by, I don't know what your family's like. I, I don't wait to talk when it's a, my turn in a family situation, let alone in yeah. this shit show. But I think that one of the things is I liked how loud the family was. That to me felt more real. And also like, yeah, I think a dad, uh, you know, could do bits and have fun with the family, but he is going to care about no, no, his no, daughter. But he's not doing a bit. He's not doing a bit. The show is doing a bit. He right. is included in that bit. And then yeah, but he's doing what she did. Modes. I don't want to spend Jen, too much time on this. Jen this in the first epi- wait, wait, no, no, no. Jen in the first episode was doing the Captain America bit to her cousin. So then the father is kind of in on doing the same thing that she does. They're, they all kind of do that. So but I, I think- thought it was a cool callback. And I'm sorry that I missed you. Uh, I, I I hear you, Pete, but I, th- I think Alex's point is rather than the characters feeling real and motivated to do those things, it feels like the show is like, well, we're going to have him do it, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would do it. We're the whole, just the, seeing the, the whole family. This is, this is to me, I don't want to focus on the family thing because I was using that as an example of what isn't quite working to me about the show yet. The jokes feel sloppy, frankly, like some oh of God. them hit. But they're not as sharp as they could be. The editing is very weird to me still in this episode. Like the place we end the episode, it's a very weird ending line. Well, that's it's a callback to the first episode where she, you know, it ends on a fuck, a, like a oh shit moment. It's like this, you know, it's it a just good... sort of ends. The, the editing, I don't know. It's not as precise. The jokes are not as precise. I'm glad you like it. This doesn't take anything away from the fact that you like it. That's awesome. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad it's hitting for you. It's not hitting for me. I well, just you know think what it, that- it reminds me of is like 
uh, like a like a kids show, like a Disney junior, like not junior, but like the old fashioned Disney Channel show, mm-hmm. um, where it is a little wonky and everything quite hits, but it's paced up so you don't have time to sit and think about stuff too much. And I just think that's weird because everyone there's so much drinking on this show that they're like always getting fucked up, and it, it is written sort of in the style of a kids show. Like for instance, the family scene. I was getting Big Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where it's like that family all lays in the same bed all day, and so that's why they talk over each other all the time. And she comes in and is like, "Yo, this is crazy." The so at the beginning when they are in the bar to get a, back to that, you have the I guess jerk guy who works at her prior firm. Dennis, yeah. Yeah, who we don't get to see a lot of. Love Dennis. You're shipping Dennis, right, Pete? No, no. Dennis is a piece of shit, and he proves that in this episode. I I, I don't know why you're defending Dennis. What? (laughs) You just said how much you like Dennis, and then you asked me why. I don't understand what you're talking about. The joke that Dennis is given in this episode where they're in the bar and he's like, well, I see a girl over there. I'm going to go talk to it. That, to me, was like the level of precise humor that we need for this show that it's off-putting it's disgusting what he says and when he says that but it made me laugh because it's so horrible and everything yeah. else feels a lot softer most of the time okay i think that's fair um while we're talking about the beginning the idea that titania is a super influencer i think that's a i sort of like that idea mm-hmm. uh, i'm curious mm-hmm. if that means she's sort of for hire um and maybe i think pete had the the theory that um, she was paid to attack She-Hulk in that in the courtroom last episode. Uh, that made me think of, of your theory, Pete, in a good way. I also like the way the, the title changes from uh, yeah, Attorney that was for funny. Hire. Yeah, that yeah, was hilarious. Attorney, attorney. Very you good. know what See I mean? Subtle, Have fun with the thing. title cards and, yeah. the, you know, go back and change the Marvel flip to fit each show. You know what I mean? Come on. I did also, while we're talking about things that we enjoyed about the episode, I did like seeing Tim Roth back as Emil Blonsky. Very fun to loop back to that. Also fun how they looped it into Shang-Chi. I think, you know, that sets it in a very specific place now in terms of the MCU timeline. Uh, But I appreciated having that. And I assume it'll also like zip through things a little bit. But that was very fun as well. And, you know, I, I think that is uh, certainly like a gimme to Marvel fads. It's like, ah, you recognize this thing, but they figured out a way to make it a little different and make it a little fun. I also thought it was fun in the Emil Blonsky scene where he's like, I'm just a Russian-born guy who was raised in England. That's why I have this accent, and I'm actor Tim Roth, and I'm here (laughs) to eventually escape and be in the movie Shang-Chi. I did think it, it was funny the way he was like, namaste, and it was like, his kind of like we're trying to figure him out, uh, but he seems like he's changed. I mean, when we saw him in Shang-Chi, he was on the same page as Wong. So it seems like he is a good guy. So I'm hoping that continues to be true. Wow, you're really all in on the abomination. I love I love how committed you are. You like him now. You think he's going to help. I, I I really hope so. I mean, the guy wrote haikus. You know what I mean? I mean, that's mm-hmm. deep shit. You know do you know I mean? how it, it's like it's not that many syllables. <laughs> you could just do it's not uh, studied. It's five, seven, five, kid. Yeah, yeah. You I could know. write one right now. I could if I wanted to. But I just think it's one of those things where uh, this I because lo- like the conversation she has with her brother and he or sorry, cousin, where he's like, it seems like you're calling me about 
that you're just telling me. And I was great how he kind of saw through that and they know each other and we're given these kind of little moments that are kind of bigger stories because we haven't been with them that long, which is why I like the family stuff because like families are messy and they don't, you know, even the Chad stuff where it was like, Chad, you missed the important part. Just like Jen missed the important part with her boss when he was like, uh, you know, telling her or asking her something and she was monologuing to herself and didn't hear him. I will say, and I know you're going to react poorly to this, Pete, but getting back to what Justin said earlier about the speed, I do think versus the first episode, which was almost entirely a 20 minute training montage, very squarely focused on Jen and Bruce here in the second episode, we're getting so many elements that it still doesn't feel like a TV episode to me. Like we get the family, but that's not the focus and doesn't seem to necessarily affect the rest of the episode. We get the new law firm that doesn't necessarily affect the family. Like all this stuff doesn't quite tie together yet. They haven't really figured out the elements. The caveat I'll give here, similar to what I mentioned the first episode, is that comedies take time sometimes to like find the rhythm and set up their stuff. This is nine episodes long, so it's entirely possible a couple of episodes down the road, once they've gotten all the setup out of the way, they'll really hit their groove. Um, I'm still not feeling it quite with this episode, but there are elements in place that potentially could work down the road. Okay, great. I, so- I could write on. I could write haikus abomination or not steve rogers fucks right <laughs> great great job wow. see so now do you think now, now do you trust you, me yeah did you what that? a change where did you the, find that what book no um, i Alex, i just wrote that okay i came in bed in a maximum security prison for i want to say nuts, 15 man. years however long <laughs> since ed norton came through Hey, some people, you know, it's harder to come up with poetry. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, Paul, right? I mean, he's uh, he got the welcome basket, you know, the where to take a dump, which is super important. Seems nice, but do you trust Paul? Uh, wow. Um, I I don't think I have too much of an opinion. Well, let me say on Paul and and Jen's paralegal, who feels like she is part of the show and is a character, but... I would ask you to find one defining characteristic from that character. Um, That's one of the things that I'm seems like. Seems to be a good friend. Yeah. Because she wouldn't take the job otherwise. She wears very big necklaces. Is that a, char- a character trait? That's more of a wardrobe choice. But uh, what's to uh, Mr. T? <laughs> yeah, I she's just feel like, like the Mr. T of the show. I, I agree with you on that. I was very excited as a comic book fan, and I want to keep emphasizing in all of the criticism that I'm giving this show. I'm a fan of She-Hulk. I'm a fan of the comic books. I want this show to work. I put that in quotes. <laughs> what? The, <laughs> this Seeing the stuff pop out of the Dan Slot run in particular, which is a lot of what we're getting here, and some of these characters pop up, was very fun. But I agree with you. Right now, he's a guy who comes in with gift basket, and that's pretty much it. Like I don't even know why Says he was joke there. about pooping. Yeah, Says joke about and pooping. he's also like, oh, I'm also part of this division. I'd love to meet the division. Yeah. That would be nice. Well, and that Uh, feels like, to your point, at last episode, that feels like it could be a sort of that Ally McBeal moment of like, let's meet the new players. mm -hmm. Um, Because like my wife considers me guy who walks in and talks about pooping. (laughs) And honestly, I'm not much of a character. You also have giant necklaces. So that's true as well. Uh, Uh, I'm getting the sense though, Pete, 
just well, based on the fact that he was Adrian Chase on Arrow, that you're pretty suspicious of him. Is that what's going exactly on? Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't trust him at all. Yeah. Uh, but I was just seeing if you guys picked up on that. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, I would right. like First to. First off, yeah, right. Second off, no way. <laughs> uh, how dare you? All right. So, uh, I want to know, the, the, to tell you the truth, the one disappointment I had with this episode was when she was looking for a job. I was really hoping Foggy Nelson would call and be like, hey, you know, like we could use a few good no, lawyers. Foggy died. He was in Beepos at the time. No, come on. <laughs> Don't. He got killed. It was the Bartokamas family and Foggy Nelson. <laughs> the Nelsons. The yeah. Nelsons and the Bartokamases have a long history of uh, being working. Together. They're like Hatfield and McCoys of Meepos. You, nobody else wanted Daredevil to show up there when she was looking? Nobody. I think it's a little early in our mm-hmm. uh, contractually to have Daredevil pop up because um, I think this was made cool, back though. before that was a thing. Um, I could see that. I agree with you. That would have been a cool bit of thing. But we don't know. I don't know if that foggy is going to be the foggy that we're moving forward with. Oh, that's your own personal agenda, and don't put that out there, okay? I don't, I'm not, some of us think it's beautiful casting, so, you know. I'm not down the on the casting. I'm just saying I don't think the the world of fandom is like, where's my Foggy? That's yeah. a different Foggy. I, I will say, like, he's pretty busy, Eldon Henson. He did a guest star spot on one episode of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers last season, so I don't even know if he has the time to appear on She-Hulk. Yeah, exactly. That's where that was. He was in the original Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I know. That's where he came from. The yeah, flying that's, V. That's where he was raised. That's where he was born. Yeah. That's why he kept doing the flying V in the Daredevil yeah, series. And exactly. one of the reasons why I found it so confusing. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> he likes to say, by the way, I, I said it wrong. I said he was born there. He hatched. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you went back for that. Quack, quack, quack. Here, we do this every episode off camera. Okay, so so when it comes to the abomination, it was interesting that he specifically said uh, two times, seven soulmates are on the island there. Do you think that's just like he's trying to get an island of villains to hang out with, or do you think there's something else going on? Did you say soulmates or cellmates? I couldn't quite tell. My autocorrect kind of effed me on that. That's crazy to have seven soulmates. (laughs) He's got a lot of love to get. He's not an abomination. He's a a love nation. Yeah, if he is saying soulmates, I would assume it's probably other villains that he does want to take with him that maybe he's reformed and that's exciting. Uh, Reformed yeah. Island, you know? There you go. Sell it to Peacock, man. What else do you want to Peacock. call out for the episode? What other moments jumped out at you that you would like to mention in particular? Uh, I, I thought just how I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I loved how sweet the phone call was with Hulk. And I, I liked how she didn't like the name, but he really liked the name. Um, I just uh, every time they're on uh, they're on the screen together or you know sharing the screen with a phone call there with a split screen, uh, I'm I'm having a good time with it. Should we talk uh, about say- the She Hulk name for a second? Were you going to mention that, Justin? Uh, no, but that's a good one. Yeah, um, I like how that got brought up. Again, I wish they were hitting this stuff a little bit harder, uh, just or sharper. Um, but the general idea that a dude news reporter is like some sort of She Hulk 
And that's how yeah. she gets the name, and it's very annoying. That's a good bit. Again, I want them to be like a little sharper and more precise in how they deal with it in a modern feminist context. But as it is, you got the setup there, so the possibility is there down the road. Um, yeah, it was. It was very. Uh, I don't know what the cliche is. I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint where that cliche comes from. Of like man on the street being like. He's some sort of Superman, you know? Well, it was like, you know, the thing kind of how that kind of organically happened in that press conference. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I do think they were calling that out and making fun of it. Wait, what was that a reference to? Did they do that in one of the Fantastic Four in movies? Fantastic yeah, Four. Fantastic first one, the first Fantastic Four movie. Oh, mm, I don't remember that. I'm sorry. All I remember Where is Captain Mr. America Fantastic was Flash. With his floppy arms. Oh, you're thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio, Alex. The Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Uh, what? <laughs> what are we talking about? Are you talking about Titanic? I uh, know uh, the meme where right. he dances from. Um, uh, oh yeah, that's the, the noodle arms. Yeah, yeah that's no, the no, 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 Mister Fantastic. It's actually Rise of the Silver Surfer. He does this noodle arms dance. That's terrible looking. It's awful. Uh, we've uh, let's save this for the Patreon podcast. The one that we did, the off the rails one. Uh, we'll do that. Oh, there. oh, right, yeah, off the rails. Yeah, yeah let's sure. keep I'll it just on cut the rails. This out like, and put that like on there. Usual. Definitely. Yes. Any other moments from the episode you want to call out, Justin? Uh, the post credit sequence I, I liked in this episode. I feel like um, giving us little moments like this actually does feel like the slowing down that I'm, I was asking for earlier earlier in the show. And it feels like it, it rounds out the world in a nice way, and it, on top of being like some some good jokes. So um, definitely more of those. Yeah, how are you feeling about the chat of it all? Um, I don't know. We, you really lo- love the one-liner guys, huh? Well, I'm I, you know there. I'm hoping little bits of characters that we're going to see more of. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just kind of maybe had a realization that maybe I was the chat of my family. You know what I mean? Wow. You really wow. saw yourself on screen for the first time in this show. Yeah, That's amazing, like, Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you crying? I can't believe you're crying. We should talk about this. <laughs> in the off, the rails, uh, off the rails up. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go to our vision board and talk about what we would like to see on the next episode of She-Hulk. Justin, you want to take this one first? Sure. Um, like you were mentioning, this feels like the second half of a pilot. Um, so I, I'm ready for this show to just go. Like um, you've laid a lot of groundwork. I'm speaking directly to the show here. You've laid a lot, a lot of groundwork, little buddy. Justin, what should we do? <laughs> now it's time to fly like the Mighty Ducks of yore. Um, oh, I want to see like the, some cases. If, um, if we are going to do an abomination actual court case to get him parole, Let's have that be the next episode. Let's get another one. Let's reload the mechanism so we can really see it move because I think it's ready. Pete, what about you? What's on your vision board? Uh, Wong, man, I'm excited. In the teaser, the trailers, we saw Wong. I feel like it's got to be next episode uh, to kind of explain what happened a little bit. So I'm very excited for that. And I don't know if it's going to be this next episode, but I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, Bruce's uh, spaceship adventure. Yeah, that was the thing I was going to call out. I don't think it's going to happen, but if that is some sort of runner with, uh, I was about to say runner with Renner, I keep, this is my problem. I keep wanting to call Mark Ruffalo Jeremy Renner. They're two different people. Wow. That would break break Mark Ruffalo's heart. Don't we now talk about something we have to delete? Uh, Oof. Oof. Anyway, I hope we see. However, Jeremy Renner would love that. He'd love it. He probably be wants. I bet he wears Mark Ruffalo uh, cosplay around the house just Absolutely. to feel better. He's sitting around with it on his piles of beef jerky that he used to sell at Amazon oh, that never got yeah. sold. He's just chewing yeah. on them, waiting for somebody to call him Ruffalo. 
when he's flipping houses in the Central California area, he goes by Mark Ruffalo. Oh, wow. That's nuts. Well, I hope we get to see that in the next episode of the show. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to talk to you about She-Hulk, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. <clears throat> Bye, Foggy Nelson. I don't think we'll see you, bro. Quack. Quack. Fuck. Quack. 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 Five seven five, baby. Eric Bonham, man. Eric Bonham. <laughs>